0: Good morning. good morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys this morning. Really good. That was great, wasn't it? Thank you, Andrew. That was, um, I have to say, I've sang that, that hymn a lot. That just really helped me just to really focus on what it was that we were singing. God's people will be singing, don't we? In spirit and truth. That was just great. So thank you for that. And folks, a little bit cold, but we're nearly there. Next week, the heating will be sorted. But, um just spotted one thing this morning that we should be thankful for in the cold, that that jumper the Steelers was wearing hid the shirt that Steve Also had on. <laughs> the next week, we will have to see that, that shirt the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. <laughs> uh, there you go. I think, guys, you want to open up your Bibles in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. If you make your way there, some of the verses will be on the screen as well as we head our way into them. Last year on Christmas Day, early christmas day shall i say three o'clock in the morning me and my wife bonnie were woken up by our three young <coughs> girls who came into our room waking us up asking if they could get up obviously we sent them packing bonnie a lot more gracious than me she's very pleasant at that time i'm like yeah back to bed and after they scurried back to bed all excited but they actually got into Aaliyah's bed our oldest daughter really excited but in the end they slept and when we woke them up, we went in, it was about half past eight. I'd have done it a lot earlier, but I think my wife, was, she gets really excited on Christmas Day as well, so she was like, let's go and wake them up. So we went up and woke them up, and my youngest, Isla, she was in this deep sleep, and when we, we tried to wake her, we were staring and saying, Isla, wake up, wake up, say her name. And she woke up, and she's like, what? And then the realisation hit her. It was Christmas Day. Her eyes went wide, and she literally said, that's Christmas Day. Such excitement. The day had arrived, it, she just jumped out of bed. This day that she'd been looking forward to for months had actually come. And that was her response. See, what I, I do love about this time of year is the anticipation, the excitement, the expectation. I have been called a Grinch, not going to lie. At times, those who know me know that. I have been called a little bit of a Grinch. I'm growing in that. But I think it's just that I feel that hope, the expectation, the excitement, the anticipation. I just feel it a little bit later. I think Bonnie Bonnie feels it when we're on our way home from our summer holidays, and she's like, yay, Christmas soon. I'm probably Christmas Eve kind of guy, it's Christmas tomorrow. But my family know I'm getting excited when I'm singing, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. (laughs) When I'm singing that, my family are like, he's in, he's there. (laughs) And I do really enjoy that feeling of building excitement, of, of anticipation. The idea that there's something to look forward to, there's something to get excited about, that there's a big event happening. And that's the situation that is happening happened in Luke's Gospel. The coming of God to earth. The coming of God in human flesh. And it happened, folks, in a real place. It happened through real people. It happened at a real point in time. And this Christmas series that we're, we're making our way through is all going to be in Luke's Gospel. Luke, Luke is, a, is a doctor by trade. And he gave up years of his life to carry out this painstaking research. He was supported by a man called Theophilus. You helped him in this, supported him in this. And he, and he, li- he lived amongst all, amongst all of these people that these events were situated around. And what he did, he compiled an eyewitness account from all these multiple sources about what happened. And where we find ourselves in, in this account is in Galilee. And that's really important. Because Galilee is, is, is a place where if God actually came, you probably wouldn't expect him to go to Galilee. expect them to go to like a major city a cultural center or a place of influence but galilee was poor it was mostly farming the people were known in the uh, as peasants across galilee they were poor and they were poor not just in the way that we in our century might view poor which is mostly to do with money and material wealth but poor in the fact that they didn't have any status they didn't have any influence they had no power and this part of Israel was struggling with real oppression and real corruption. They had the Roman Empire that was over them, Emperor Augustus. He's Octavian, as history um, names him. And they're also suffering from oppression and corruption from Herod and his people. And what Luke does, he shows us that this account of what happened, this, this, this amazing event happened in a poor area amongst poor people. Struggling under a foreign power. Struggling under corruption. And it's into this struggle that there that, that is a real sense of, of anticipation. As we just heard, they had God's Word, the Old Testament. They had God's promises to His people. They knew that God had promised to come. They knew that God had, had promised and spoke to them He was going to liberate them from oppression. They knew that God had promised to rescue His people. So they had this sense of anticipation, this hope, this excitement in the struggle waiting for the day to come. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And as we read chapter 1 in Luke's account we see that the anticipation is building God's rescue is coming. And what happens is people are confronted confronted with an invitation to respond to this news. This news of God's coming. And we're going to look at this from the perspective of four different people. Today Mary, next week Zechariah who's already if you read the go back and read the account yourselves you see he's already responded wrongly. We see the angels and the shepherds. We're going to hear from Simeon. And the question that I want to leave hanging for you this morning, and pray that it drops down right into your soul, is how will you respond to the news of God's coming? Let me read it, and then we'll look at it. Chapter 1 of Luke, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Let me pray. Father, I want to thank You so much that we are able to gather this morning. Your people under the sound of Your Word in the presence of Your Spirit. singing these wonderful truths. What a grace. Father, help us to never lose sight of the privilege that we get to sing this with joy in our hearts. And Father, as we hear now from your word, through the words of Mary, your servant, I pray that our hearts would rejoice too. Amen. So Mary, Mary's a teenage girl, <coughs> engaged to be married, and she's from Nazareth of Galilee. Galilee. She's someone unexpected, and she's somewhere unexpected. But God is the God of the humble, the lowly, and the poor in spirit. And what happens is the angel Gabriel, he comes to her and he greets her. And Mary, at the sight of this angel, is troubled. She's fearful. And what happens is the angel eases her fear and her worry. He says, Now, God's going to bless you, Mary. You will conceive. You're going to bear a son. And his name is Jesus. God saves. That's what Jesus means. And he will be great. He's going to be the son of God. He's going to be the forever king who God promised to your people through the line of David. Mary's struggles with her, and she's like, hang on, but I'm a virgin. How is this even possible? And the angel explains to her, it's going to be through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will create life in you. This child will be holy. The Son of God. That's the second time she's been told that she's going to conceive the Son of God. And your cousin, Elizabeth, who's decades older than you and barren, she's also conceived. She's six months old ahead of you. That must have been a comfort for her, this young teenage girl. Nothing is impossible with God. That's what the angel says. Nothing is impossible with God. God will do what God says He will do. And Mary's response, I have to say, is stunning. Stunning. Let's not not lose sight of that. Mary responds to this news. This young teenage girl with A really uncertain future. She's engaged to be married and now she's pregnant. There's a lot of ramifications for her, but her response I am God's servant. Let it be to me according to God's word. What a response. What trust. What obedience. She goes to her cousin, Elizabeth, pregnant with John the Baptist. And as they meet, the child in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. And Elizabeth herself is filled with the Holy Spirit and she responds in praise. And we see this picture that we get through the the Luke's Gospel that the Holy Spirit-filled people have the right response to God coming at all stages of human life. From those in the womb to those towards the end of life. And Elizabeth says this just before Mary responds, and blessed is she, this is verse 45, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Elizabeth is saying the blessing is through the belief. And then Mary responds in what is known as the Magnificat. It's a lovely word, isn't it? Magnificat. So strong and powerful. Let's have a look at what that means because we see it in the very first line, verse 46-47. to My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That is Mary speaking. What's Mary doing? She's worshiping. She's worshiping. What do I mean? What do we mean when we say worship? Worshiping is responding rightly to God revealing Himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Worshiping is responding rightly to God revealing to God showing Himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mary is responding rightly to God revealing Himself to her. She's responding rightly to God's promise. She's responding rightly to God's rescue. And she's responding rightly and praising God. She magnifies God. Her heart rejoices. It's it's just singing how great God is. He's not a small uh, God that we can keep in a box, but an eternal, infinite Creator God. My soul magnifies the Lord. And she responds rightly by rejoicing. God's rescue, stepping into human history, brings a, a depth of joy to her heart this young teenage girl responds rightly to God. See, this story focuses focus well. It's not, it's not an isolation. It's not, it's, it's not an isolation on its own. It's meant to bring echoes. It's meant to echo around our brain. It would have echoed around the people's brain and their memory as they reflected on this. You see, Mary, what she's doing, she's singing in harmony. Thousands of years earlier, God's people were lost. God's people were wondering. And God moved miraculously through another lady, Hannah, in 1 Samuel. And she sang a song too with God moving and stepping into human history. And her song was very similar to this one. If you put them together, you would see that Mary and Hannah, they are singing in harmony. A joyous song. God's people singing in harmony to God's melody about God. The right response to God's rescue is praise and worship. And then we see other reasons that she rejoices. Verse 48-49, to "...for He has looked on the humble estate of His servants, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. Mary acknowledges and rejoices in God's personal blessing to her. He has looked on. What that means is he has been mindful of her. It means he has taken thought of her, he, he has taken care of her, he has remembered her. There is a tenderness here. So this infinite, all powerful God is tender. He is mindful of this young teenage girl and Mary, who is little. And let's be honest, she's insignificant in the world's eyes. She's in the middle of nowhere amongst all these peasants. Is seen, is known, and is taken care of by God. And this is what's mind blowing. What's so incredible is that God is bringing about the most important events the world has ever seen. And as we read it here, he's choosing to do it through an old barren woman and a young teenage girl. What does Mary do? She responds. She praises God for His magnificence and she praises God for His tenderness. And then she rejoices because of the blessing that God's rescue means for God's people. Verse fifty to fifty-five. And His mercy is for those who fear Him. From generation to generation, He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thought of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. He has exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped the servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. She sings of God's faithfulness. God has remembered His promises from generation to generation down through the ages. He has remembered us. He he has remembered His people. He has helped us. She sings because He is a God who helps His people. And she sings of God's mercy. This mercy, it is all woven in with God's covenant faithfulness. The promises that He has made that He is faithful to. You see, at this point in history, and for the many centuries before, we see that God's people have rejected God. They have sinned. And ultimately, they're in exile from God because of their sin. And so it's not because of their goodness that God is rescuing them. It is purely because of His mercy. So she sings because God is a God of mercy to His people. And she sings of God's rescue. God has promised to heal, to fix, to restore. God has promised to free His people from their bondage. He has spoken of this promised rescue to Abraham, to Israel, to, to Jacob, through to David. He's a God who rescues His people. And she sings of God's might and power. God is, is moving in mercy. He is freeing the, His people from their bondage. And God's King who He is sending is coming to right it all. All the wrongs are going to be dealt with. All the injustice. All the oppression. He's going to scatter the proud. He's going to bring down the mighty. He's going to send away the rich, those who take advantage of the poor. And He's going to show His mighty hand. He is a God who is able. The people are struggling under bondage. They're struggling under oppression. They're struggling under corruption. And Mary, she sings in anticipation of this great reversal that God's rescue is going to bring. Symbols of power and influence and status turned upside down. And the poor, the outcast, the broken are going to be filled up, are going to be healed, and are going to be freed. This young teenage girl carries a son of God himself in her womb. This young teenage girl carries a son of God in her body. And she carries the deepest joy in her heart. Mary here responds rightly to the news of God's rescue in belief, in praise, and in joy. See, at this time of anticipation and hope and expectation, we too here receive an invitation. God works through His people to bring His rescue plan to fruition. That's clear, we see that. He works supernaturally through His people. And those who respond rightly receive life and joy and peace. But who are they? See, Mary also describes them. Look at verse 50. His mercy is for those who fear him. What is this biblical fear? It is praise filled, humble obedience that seeks to please God. See, for God's people, the fear of God looks like Mary here. And the outworking of that right fear is praise and joy and love and peace in our hearts. And we're going to see that displayed through this whole series. See, these songs that we are looking at, they are all sung in harmony. They are sung around God's melodic line. And God is and has always been and will always be singing a song of creation and recreation. A song of life, of joy, of peace. God is singing a song of overflowing blessing. And so Mary and Zechariah, the angels, and Simeon join Moses and Hannah, the psalm writers, All of God's people in history as they looked forward to God's great rescue, rejoicing and praising in trust. And we get to look back and we get to see this song in in a fuller sense again. We see how this happened. See, we look back and we know what it took for God to free His people. We look back and we know that it wasn't ultimately Herod or the Romans that they were in oppression and bondage to. They were in bondage to sin and death. See, as we look back, we know what this baby in Mary's womb grew up to do. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He grew up truly human, truly God. Perfect in every way before His heavenly Father. And He grew up to to humble poor parents. He grew up among peasants. We read about His life, and He was amongst outcasts, those without power and influence. Fishermen, farmers, soldiers, prostitutes, tax collectors. They were all gathered around His table. And as you read the Gospel, you see the words from His mouth. They show that He actually embodied Mary's song. Let me just read a few of them for you. Chapter 4.18 These are all Jesus' words. He says this, "...the Spirit of the Lord is upon Me because He has anointed Me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent Me to proclaim Liberty, freedom to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Six, verse twenty. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Chapter 7.23 The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have good news. Preach to them. Chapter 14.21 bring in the poor, bring in the crippled, bring in the lame, bring in the blind. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice! Rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to Thee, O Israel. Shall come to Thee, O Israel. But, He was ultimately rejected by the very people that He came for. God's Son rejected by God's people. God's Son put on a cross. God's Son given over by the Jews and God's Son crucified by the Romans. God's Son died in the most barbaric and humiliating way possible. For us. God's mercy was displayed. How was God's mercy displayed? By Jesus Christ taking our place in life and by Jesus Christ taking our place in death. Taking the punishment for our sin. Jesus Christ, God's rescuer, He went through death so that His people could have life. Jesus Christ, God's rescuer, took on the bondage and oppression of sin and death so that God's people could be free. God does what God says He will do. Rescuing. Bringing peace, bringing life and joy and freedom and blessing. Overflowing to His people who respond rightly. Believing, rejoicing, singing songs that, that echo forward and echo backward to eternity. God's people singing in harmony. God's plan unfolding through His people. You see, folks, today this is an invitation to respond rightly to God's rescue in Jesus and to be a part of this plan. You see God repeatedly 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 said he would return. Let me read one passage in 2 Thessalonians 1 which outlines this. The Lord Jesus will be revealed talking about the end of time the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flame and fire. different picture of jesus than we assume isn't it with mighty angels in flame and fire inflicting vengeance on those who do not know god and on those who do not obey the gospel of our lord jesus they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed, because our testimony to you was believe. The King is coming back, the Son of God is returning. Jesus Christ will return, and every eye will see. Folks, that is sobering news in many, many ways. But the flip side of that is that this is an invitation to respond rightly to that news. And what does responding rightly mean? To believe. To trust in Jesus. And do you know what the outworking of that is? We see it here. The outwork of believing in Jesus Christ is joy, is praise, is worship, is, is giving Him our whole lives because of what we have received in this time of anticipation, in this time of excitement, in this time of expectation, at this time of hope, that we are experiencing. Let's pray that our, our eyes are lifted. Let's pray that our hearts are lifted to see. Yes, the wonder of what Jesus has done for us. Through becoming a human being. The wonder of what He did for us on the cross. The wonder of what He did for us in His resurrection. The wonder in what He has done for us in pouring His Spirit out for us. But let us also have our hearts and minds focused. On the fact that He is returning. He is coming back. So let us join in that eternal song with praise and joy in our hearts. Can I invite you to stand as I pray? Father, I want to thank You so much that You are a gracious God and we see that grace that You display in the fact that You give and You pour out to us that You have given of Yourself, that you, are give, you have given of Your Son, You have given of the most precious gift we could ever receive. Father, we thank You for the gift of Your Holy Spirit and we thank You for these stories of these people that we read here of this most important event that ever happened. Father, help us to believe. Father, help us to trust. Father, by Your Spirit, Just push that deep down into our souls, I pray. Father, help us to respond in joy. Give us of Your Spirit to respond in joy. And I pray, Father, now, just in light of that eternal song that is being sung of the praise and worship of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the whole of heaven is singing right now. That all of the saints and the angels are worshiping right now and singing the praises of the Lamb who was slain. That we too as we gather here would know that we join them too. That we join with their voices. We join with the voices of all the saints that have gone before. We join with the voices of all the saints that will be. And we sing the praises of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we sing that all the earth will shout Your praise. That our hearts will cry and our bones will sing, Great are You, Lord. Praise you, Lord.